0: Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.
1: Gateway Rescue Mission, meeting the physical and spiritual needs of the homeless
2: right here in Jackson, Mississippi. Check us out at www.gatewaymission.org.
3: Howdy, howdy, it's Rhino here, and I wanted to say thank you for listening to Middays with Gerard Gibbert here on Super Talk Mississippi.
1: Everyone, and welcome to Midday Super Talk, Mississippi. I'm your host, Gerard Gibbard, along with Rhino in the Element Wealth Studios, guiding you through the middle of your day with facts, fodder, and fine music as we kick off a brand new week and a brand new month. Getting going. Morning, Rhino. Howdy, howdy. Did you win the Mega Millions jackpot? No. Hmm. Well, it turns out. A winning ticket was sold. A single one. Single one, right. Ain't got to split it with anybody. No sharing of the jackpot, which, before it was all said and done, arose to $1.337 billion. That's a bunch. That is a lot. I think, uh, was that the second biggest ever?
3: I believe so, yeah.
1: I think it rose to that level, got up to that level. The Illinois Lottery announced it when they uh, once the ticket, or should say, the winning numbers were drawn. So you can choose, of course, to get a cash lump sum prize, or you can opt for the annuity option. That's generally paid, well, it is paid annually over twenty nine years, twenty nine, or you can take the seven hundred and eighty million lump sum cash. Now, of course, you've got to pay a little taxes on that. And in accordance with the rules, there are withholdings for federal and state taxes, but the withholding for federal purposes is actually 24%. And, of course, the top bracket, the top tax rate is 37%. I believe that's on all income i think for a married couple right over 400 grand so bottom line is the amount withheld at uh, redemption will not cover the taxes so hopefully this individual will seek someone some assistance certainly you will with that kind of money huh and make sure they they handle that correctly so yeah, i was just double checking because
3: when i typed it in i saw two reports saying it's the third highest and two reports saying it's the second highest so i went to the source mega millions yeah and they're listing it as the second largest jackpot they've ever given out behind only the 1.537 billion dollars that was in 2018
1: yeah i think what happened was as you know as tickets are being sold in those waning hours leading up to the drawing, the jackpot is going up faster, Correct. frankly, than they can even update it publicly. So, it is sat at about one point one billion. We even discussed that when we were on the air, which put it at the third largest. But by the time it was all said and done with all the sales, it got up to one three three seven billion. What'd you say the jackpot was? One, one seven or one? Uh, the again.
3: largest jackpot ever is one point five three seven. Oh, okay, and this one, one was one point three three
1: seven. Gosh, gotcha. five three seven. So we were we were a uh, couple hundred million off, just a few hundred yeah. million. <laughs> but nonetheless, and one ticket, which is unusual, that one person. Now, I did check this in the state of Mississippi. You are not required to disclose your identity. You can choose to keep your identity. Private, concealed, for any prize that uh, you you earn, you win. Anything over six hundred bucks, you got to go to the lottery office. You can actually mail it in if you want to, but you got to go to the lottery headquarters and redeem it. Six hundred bucks—that's
3: a heck of a lot more faith in the postal service than I have.
1: Yeah, I hear you, and and of course the ticket is a bearer instrument, like a like a dollar bill. So whoever's got it can present it. And and redeem it. Sometimes folks will sign it so as to protect against any kind of loss. It gets into someone else's hands and they show up with it. It's been signed, so it's, it gets a little dicey. I don't know that that's happened. There are all kinds of rules. I don't have them committed to memory, but I do recall there are all sorts of rules that we adopted on the board, uh, putting together all the games uh, with respect to lost tickets and so forth. But that that's kind of another story. But yeah, $1.337 billion. Uh, Where I was going with that is in Illinois, their law is a little different. Any prize below $250,000, the winner can choose to keep their identity private and not reveal it. Over two fifty. I got it opposite. I got it opposite. My bad. My bad. My I was bad. about to say that. My, my bad. That doesn't make much sense. I'm getting ahead of myself. Oh my gosh. Let me start over. My apologies. Over two fifty, you keep it private. Below gotcha. two fifty, you can disclose it. Yeah, it still just,
3: seems a little arbitrary. But I'm like, whoa. Yeah. My bad. That's that's a rough law. Huh? Who You yeah, champion that my, one? My
1: bad. Two two fifty and below, you can it it uh, has to be disclosed above 250 you can keep it private obviously this meets that standard at one point three three seven billion dollars that's a bunch I have some questions that I got in social media over the weekend I being a member of the lottery board since inception uh, about how that money gets allocated sales of Uh, the multi-state game tickets, that being the Powerball, the Mega Millions. How does the state of Mississippi participate in that? And and the rules are fairly straightforward. Fifty cents of every ticket sold for Powerball and Mega Millions is retained by the state. The state pays 50 cents to the Multi-State Lottery Association, and there's a I don't remember all the details. I do remember when, when we were reviewing and negotiating the contract for that. It's a, it's a fairly complex agreement, as you can imagine. There there's They've been doing this a while. They figured out all the pitfalls in the minefields, and so, as you can imagine, that contract has expanded to address all these exceptions and possibilities. But in general, that's the way it works. So another question, and by the way, this is all public information. Another question gets gets asked is, okay, how's how's the money allocated? How is it distributed? Say every dollar of a ticket sale, for example, and, it, and it's pretty straightforward. In in general, the law says that the the expenses, the operational expenses for the lottery, cannot exceed fifteen percent of revenue, gross revenue, in Mississippi. It uh, it works out on average for the couple of full years the lottery has been in operations at about eleven to twelve percent. So we're below that figure. Prize payments averages about sixty five percent, and and it and it depends. The scratch off games in general pay more than the drawdown games. I think that kind on of average. Yeah. On average, yeah. So but it but when you average out the total amount of prizes paid, when you just calculate the dollars of prizes prizes paid divided by dollars of revenue works out to be on an annual basis about 65%. So 65% there, 11-12% of expenses. You can do the math there, the rest of it flows to the bottom line. It is uh, labeled as net proceeds and then that gets transferred to the State Treasurer. First eighty million dollars of the net proceeds in a fiscal year are transferred to the State Highway Fund, and anything over eighty million is transferred to the Education Enhancement Fund. EEF is the acronym there. Last year the Lottery Corp generated about $122 million of net proceeds, you know, based on Where we are after a a short month in this fiscal year, the fiscal year kicks off July 1, it corresponds with the state's fiscal year, which ends June 30th, July 1 to June 30th. You know, it, it certainly appears we come in at about roughly the same as last year, but that's just projecting out in the future. I will report, however... I would like to share that last week was the biggest single week of sales since the inception of the Mississippi Lottery Corporation. Sales of $16,143,524.50. Now, just for perspective, the prior record weekly record was set i think in january 2021 i'm i'm checking it i did the research on this i just want to make sure i'm i'm telling you right january 2021 and uh that came in at 15 million in change so it was a pretty big week overall. Uh, the lottery averages, about $8.3 million is what it did last year per week. So almost doubled, almost doubled the weekly average last week. Huge week for sales, and that certainly stands to reason when you think about just how big the, the multi-state jackpots were. We'll come right back. Stay with us.
4: From the SeabrookPaint.com Weather Center, I'm Bob Sullender. For all your paint and coating needs, go to SeabrookPaint.com. Today, a 30% chance of rain, mostly sunny, high near 94. Tonight, partly cloudy, low around 74. Your Tuesday, sunny skies, high near 95. And a look to Wednesday, sunny conditions, high near 94. This weather brought to you by our friends at Gattis-McLaurin Mercantile in downtown Bolton. Shop local. Gaddis mclaurin Mercantile, your building supply expert since 1871.
6: brisco deli serving giant sandwiches award-winning rib plates and original recipe catfish with a family-friendly atmosphere open ten thirty a.m to 8 p.m monday through friday brisco deli we have something for everyone located just off pearson road on phillips lane in pearl come see us
7: are you a hard worker are you dependable do you have a good attitude do you want to be part of a team if so the black label bridge builders at key constructors offers lead men and women purpose driven career opportunities with on the job and outside training leadership development Development and benefits to learn more about what it takes to be a black label bridge builder please visit keys website at KeyConstructors.com. please also follow at key constructors on twitter instagram and facebook to see regular updates on the black label bridge builders
8: Special invitation to join us weekday morning six to nine. Breaking news, quick shots, analysis—all right here on Super Talk Jackson, ninety-seven point three. Now back to midday's with
0: Gerard here on Super Talk Mississippi.
1: Bumming us into this segment. We're in the Element Wealth Studios, kicking off a brand new week, brand new month. So there was a question on the C-SPIRE text line. Robert in Clinton asks, so how much is to take after taxes? It's a good question, so keep in mind, Robert, that you'd have to know the individual's personal tax situation are they single are they married when they file their tax return in the in the past lots of winners of big jackpots like this give away a fair amount to charity so that would figure into it but in general what does happen is is upon redemption the state, in this case, the state of Illinois is going to withhold twenty-four percent for federal taxes. And and it's like any other withholding. It's just that you know some reasonable amount that doesn't necessarily equate to what the final tax liability will be, but federal law is twenty-four percent, and then in the state of Illinois. It's, uh, they also withhold for state taxes 4.95%. So that all works out to be roughly $187 million in taxes withheld from a cash lump sum jackpot of uh, winnings of $780 million. Uh, excuse me, 187 plus 38 for state. I didn't read the state part. So... Take home of five hundred and fifty four million when you do the math there. Seven hundred eighty, jackpot, lump sum cash, one hundred eighty seven to the Fed, thirty eight to the state, five fifty four. But when they get ready to file their tax return, let's assume they that's the way it, it lands. They do nothing else. In general, most of that income, anything over a mere six hundred and twenty eight thousand bucks, if they are filing Joint is going to be taxed at thirty-seven percent. So you would roughly add roughly another thirteen percent on on top of that, which puts you at what another hundred million, roughly. So you're going to end up with a little less than five hundred million when all said and done. I probably could live on that. I think so. Yeah, so at withholding time, you're taking home 554, you may owe another 100 when you file your return, roughly. It, but again, everybody's situation's different. That's got to be noted. It's just a, a standard percentage for withholding purposes. That's all it is. best thing they can do, obviously, is surround themselves with lawyers and financial experts whom they trust to help them with all that, because... You could have a situation if you don't pay estimates between now and tax time next year if you owe more money. you don't pay those estimates, you could possibly drop into some sort of penalty situation which would uh, also impose penalties and taxes uh, fees should say fees, interest. so you you got to be careful with all that stuff. Thomas and Greenwood says, given how massive the budget for MDOT and education are, would you agree the money sent there from lottery is penance? $80 million sounds big, but it's nothing compared to what they get from the state. Well, the MDOT really derives the vast majority of its revenue from the state level. It comes from fuel taxes, excise taxes on fuel. Then it receives a fair amount of money, from the uh, the federal government, so I think it's about a billion dollar uh, industry, or I should say agency, billion dollars, a little over a billion. So yeah, I guess you could say, in the scheme of things, eighty million that goes to it isn't a lot, but it it's just incremental revenue to the MDOT to use for various and sundry road and bridge projects that otherwise would not get addressed. But the question always is, how much should that budget be? Is it sufficient? And uh, is it balanced to serve the people of Mississippi but not be too much? I mean, that's, that's the constant goal there. So anyhow, and then the rest of it goes to this education Uh, enhancement fund, and that's not the same as uh, the sort of standard education fund from the general fund. It's a little different. There's a set amount that gets allocated to that special fund. By the way, the expenditures out of that fund are detailed in the law that created the fund, and it's, it's fairly involved. In general, though, it's used for fixed assets, schools and stadiums and parking lots and the like. Uh, community colleges get a piece of that in accordance with a formula. Uh, the thing that I think sticks out the most about what that education enhancement fund provides monies for are school supplies. The school supply fund, or the early learning collaborative. You guys probably know that teachers get a debit card to kick the year off to go spend on school supplies, that which qualifies for expenditure using that debit card. And so one of the problems in the past was that the cards would often be issued well into the school year, a month or so, and there was a, a lot of, uh, understandably so, a lot of complaining about that from teachers that we don't get the money till we're well into the year, we need it before we kick it off to equip our classroom, furnish it with all the necessary supplies. So it's my understanding that, that is, uh, those cards went out in this year, and I believe maybe the last couple of years, I know for sure this year, in advance, before the school year starts, so the teachers can go ahead and get their classrooms all set up, ready to go. My, my daughter let me know about that, you know, she's a teacher. So. Anyhow, this money that the lottery transfers over the $80 million just goes to that fund, the Education Enhancement Fund. It is combined with state appropriations into that fund. And then again, the use of that money is, uh, is specified in the law, how that total pot of money gets allocated. And there's some formulas in there for the various uses of it, school supplies being one of them. So anyhow. Uh, Let's see here. What else we got? What do we got here? Gary and the Berg. Laura Logan, they're giving Social Security numbers to illegal aliens at the U.S. border. Well, their tax IDs, I don't know that they're Social Security numbers. I mean, that's nothing new, the fact that they're doing it with such haste and and such, um, I think, in a careless manner is the biggest issue but uh, but don't
3: you dare send them to New York or D.C.
1: No, those mayors are now speaking up, aren't they? They're saying that they're being flooded with illegals, and they absolutely are. Now, these are people that are part of the party who wants totally porous borders. It's incredibly hypocritical. It's so it's fine. totally
3: fine for Arizona and Texas and New Mexico, small right. towns with little infrastructure and smaller tax bases to have to deal with this influx. But big cities like New York City
1: and D.C., no, 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 no. They they can't possibly handle this. Yeah, it is. And they're actually calling for the federal government to come step in and provide some financial assistance and other aid as well. It's so crazy that you didn't see this coming, right? It really is nuts. I'm also seeing reports that pregnant teenagers coming across – You've seen this? They're being transported to states so they can have abortions. Man, oh, man. Really, really crazy. It would be nice to see a detailed breakdown of exactly how the money from the lottery is used by each agency, Sharon and Brandon. Well, it's so just to be clear, Sharon, the money goes to the state treasurer directly from the lottery. That's it. Boom. Hands washed. State treasurer sends the first eighty million to the state highway fund. That money is used just like all other monies are. It's commingle with the uh, re- other revenues that go into the state highway fund. So uh, it's it's the commissioners, you know, that in the MDOT that decide how to spend that money out of that state highway fund and. I don't know that it would be possible to say, well, this is specifically, although there have been some attempts to do it, but this is specifically as a result of lottery money. What they could say is, well, we're able to do these road and bridge projects because we got this additional incremental money that we wouldn't have done without it. And then the Education Enhancement Fund, that is all detailed in that law. It's been a couple of years since I've read it. It's, it's pretty lengthy, but there's a lot of different categories of expenditures, and those are all prescribed by law with very definitive formulas. We'll take a break right here. Sandy Middleton, executive director of the Center for Violence Prevention, in the studio talking about human trafficking at 1105.
10: I'm Lauren McGraw with Got To Go. Have you got bathroom restoration or construction
11: going on? Well, we've got you covered with deluxe luxury restrooms with air conditioning, LED lights, radio, Bluetooth, and all the amenities for your needs. When you've got to go, you've got to go. Got to go, 601-879-3969.
12: Southern Ag Credit has been financing life outside the city limits for over a century. Whether it's helping families own land they can grow with or farmers manage the land they grow on, We specialize in financing life outdoors. Let us finance your rural dream. Southern Ag Credit is the presenting sponsor of the Mississippi Ag and Outdoor Expo. August 5th through the 7th at the Mississippi
7: Trademark. Do you suffer from allergies, sinus or respiratory problems, or just want to improve the quality of air you breathe in your home or business? Pure Air Consultants can help. As your indoor environmental specialist, we clean air ducts, install UV lights, and service all makes and models of heating and cooling systems. We offer the most dependable, Energy Star qualified systems in the industry. Call Pure Air Consultants today. 601-939-7420. A proud
6: provider of Green Home AC systems. (laughs) Are you Feeling it? (sighs) Dream. The new degree of comfort.
13: Visit twomanintotruck.com for a free no obligation estimate.
14: I'm Kelly Bennett, and you're listening to Super Talk Mississippi News. Halloween is still a couple of months away, but if you find it at your local grocer, you may want to go ahead and stock up. With shortages and supply chain issues showing no signs of slowing, Hershey says it won't be able to fully meet consumer demand this Halloween. There's been high demand for regular and Halloween candy, but the company uses the same manufacturing lines for all their treats. Because of that, they can't increase production for both at the same time. The good news, they do plan to add more lines to meet demand over the next few years. The Mississippi Agriculture Department will begin accepting applications for its wild hog control program today.
8: Uh, we roll out the nation's first wild hog control program to fight the scourge of these invasive, good-for-nothing, non-native, uh, invasive feral hogs. And... Agriculture
14: Commissioner Andy Gibson says the program is in its third year. The deadline for applications is August 15th.
0: You're listening to Middays with Gerard, Gerard Gibbert, here on Super Talk Mississippi.
15: Just as I thought it was going all right, I found out I'm wrong when I thought it was right. It's always the same. It's just. The the same it's just the shame and that's all i could
1: live, but i won't go my so in the element well studios middays once again sandy middleton executive director of the center for violence prevention joins us at 1105 in the element well studios and if I'm not mistaken, Rhino, she uh, is going to be bringing Pearl Police Department Chief Dean Scott and Detective Sergeant Reuben Miles also coming in as well. So look forward to that conversation. Stephen Pontotoc says we ought to be sending the illegals to Biden's home state. Does he claim Delaware or Pennsylvania?
3: Scranton. Depends on which story he's telling.
1: <laughs> oh, geez. Is it? DC, basically a federal district. It seems that the, this is from Paul Maridi. Seems that's the perfect place to send immigrants to be processed before release into the United States. Well, they're getting sent there, Paul. That's the whole point. Rhino was making is Mayor Muriel Bowser raising hell about it. So is the uh, chief? Is it Eric? What's his name? Eric uh, Williams. Is that his name? Of uh, New York. Not the chief. The mayor of the city of New York. Eric something. Eric Adams. 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 Thank you. Yes. So, yeah, they both remarked publicly that uh, they're being overwhelmed with the illegals flooding into their respective cities, and it's uh, it's costing them a lot of money. They don't have the resources to keep up. Well, imagine that. That's Who'd have thunk it? <laughs> exactly. We're not set up for it. So it's 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 blatant hypocrisy. There's no doubt about it. And like the little border towns are really set up for it. Right. Exactly. They really exactly. have the tax
3: base to handle that influx.
1: Yeah, exactly. That's really sort of crazy. Uh, Mike in Gulfport says the idea is to have these illegals vote in 2024. They get Social Security cards are going to be pushed for voter ID. Yeah, you know, in general, Social Security card does prove citizenship. You do have to be a citizen in most states, certainly to vote in federal elections. In all states, you got to be a citizen. It's the city of New York, you recall, that passed a, a, a city-wide law that allows illegals to vote in non-federal elections. They said, what, 800,000 reside? to their count, their estimate, in the city of New York, they're able to vote. But in general, if you register, you got to prove citizenship, usually that comes in the form of a driver's license or some non-operating identification card uh, or Social Security information, Social Security card, generally how it works. But you know what, Mike, I'm not convinced they're going to vote for Biden or Democrats, so I'm not, I don't know. And we're talking about illegals coming into the country as opposed to Hispanic American citizens, most of whom, in polls and, and certainly those that serve in, in uh, government, heck, they've been critical of the open border policies. They, they see it as a disaster. So, I'm not sure, but I, I share your concerns. Look, this is what happens. The more you let in, the more are the possibilities, right, that you end up with non citizens voting. You've got to hope that the voting registration mechanisms that exist in the county levels, at the county levels in the country, would protect against a non citizen voting. But I think, like most Americans, I'm not totally confident in that 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 would play out correctly. So uh, also, just back to this question of how the money in Mississippi that is produced by the Mississippi Lottery Corporation, the net proceeds, which is essentially the net profit, you got the revenue, less the prize payouts, less the expenses to operate the lottery, equals the net proceeds, and those get transferred in aggregate each month in accordance with law to the state treasurer. And then the state treasurer is responsible for allocating, transferring those funds, the first $80 million in a fiscal year to the state highway fund, the excess over $80 million to the education enhancement fund. So, Rhino, before we went to break in the last segment, I was trying to recall all the details about this education enhancement fund. And I wasn't kidding when I told you it was... Uh, a, a little complex.
3: I think convoluted is the word.
1: Convoluted is the, is a word that uh, I think aptly describes it. So I'm going to read a little bit of you. I, I pull the law. Up. So the amount that goes to the education enhancement fund is appropriated by the legislature. Okay, and then the excess of lottery proceeds over 80 million, they also get transferred into that fund. Some comes from the legislature as part of the annual budget and appropriations process. The excess, so in the case of last year, where the Mississippi Lottery Corporation generated about $122 million of net proceeds, you can do the math, there's $42 million that goes to the Education Enhancement Fund, which is combined with the amount the legislature appropriated. So this is what <laughs> this is what the, how the law divides and allocates that money. It says and I'm reading. Of the amount deposited into the Education Enhancement Fund, $16 million shall be appropriated each fiscal year to the State Department of Education to be distributed to all school districts. Such money shall be distributed to all school districts in the proportion that the average daily attendance of each school district bears to the average daily attendance of all school districts within the state for the following purposes. You follow me? Here's the purposes of that $16 that comes from the EEF, purchasing, erecting, repairing, equipping, remodeling, and enlarging school buildings and related facilities, including gymnasiums, auditoriums, lunchrooms, vocational training buildings, libraries, teachers' homes, school barns, transportation vehicles, and garages for transportation vehicles, and land, therefore. Establishing and equipping school athletic fields and necessary facilities connected therewith and purchasing land therefor. Providing necessary water, lighting, heating, air conditioning, and sewerage facilities for school buildings and purchasing land therefor. So there you go. That's that $16 million, which ain't a lot, honestly. The remainder of the money, get this, this is how it's allocated. The remainder of the money after the first $16 million goes for the purposes we just we, we, we just uh, shared. 16 and 61 one-hundredths percent. <laughs> 16.61% to the cost of the adequate education program, blah, 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 determined under section. 7 and 97 one-hundredths percent to assist the funding of transportation operations and maintenance pursuant to section blah, blah, blah. 9 and 61 one-hundredths percent for classroom supplies, instructional materials, and equipment, including computers and computer software, to be distributed to all school districts and the proportion that the blah, blah, blah. You get the picture there. 22 and 9 one hundredths percent to the Board of Trustees of State Institutions of Higher Learning for the purpose of supporting institutions of higher learning, and 14 and 41 one hundredths percent to the State Board of Community and Junior Colleges for the purpose of providing support to community and junior colleges. million shall be deposited into the working cash stabilization reverse fund, reserve fund, created pursuant to section, blah, blah, blah. The remainder shall be appropriated for other educational needs. So there you go. So I I told you it was, as you said, convoluted, but it's very specific. That's the point. Very specific on how the big pot of money is allocated to these various spending targets for these purposes. And... When the sausage was being made to create the Lottery Corp, this is what they landed on in the legislature. First 80 million in roads and bridges, the rest of it goes to this fund, and it is distributed in accordance with the, uh, the language that I just read off there.
3: I just had to add something to my list of things to do if I ever find a time machine. What's that? I'm going to go back in time and influence the Founding Fathers and all the politicians leading up to this point in history. Instead of naming things, code section 73-3-2.1, we need it to be in different, inflected tones of blah, blah, blah. Okay. According to code, blah, 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 subsection, blah, 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 blah.
1: (laughs) I can dig it. I sort of think I just read it. It it makes as much sense (laughs) as anything else. I to government consistent with your recommendation there. It would oh, certainly make a
3: legislative debates more entertaining. That's very true. Blah, 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 blah. My esteemed oh, colleague is arguing about blah, 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 <laughs> when in fact, blah,
1: blah states blah, 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 blah. <laughs> no, it's my learned colleague. <laughs> Tried the new pick three and pick four games yesterday with a fireball. That's on the C tax line. Those would be the state drawdown games. There's the multi-state, Powerball Mega Millions, and there's the state drawdown games as well. And then there's a the scratch-off ticket. So those are the various categories of games and those state
3: drawdown games have had to take a second look at their reasoning and their formulas because have you seen the the movie about the couple that gamed the system?
1: Yeah. yeah oh yeah. 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 That's pretty cool. Oh yeah. Yeah. So maybe not quite as random enough. Um, we have a random number generator. We'll take a break. We're coming back. Stay with us. A
15: Hi, I'm John Albritton. If your diamond seems smaller today than yesterday, trade it for a larger stone at Albritton's. Our certified gemologist will give you a generous, no-obligation appraisal of your diamond, which can be applied to your new selection. Whether you choose to remount your existing stone or simply trade it, you'll get the most diamond value at Albritton's.
9: Quality and value go
16: hand-in-hand at Albritton's.
15: All Britain's Jewelers. Land is one of the most valuable assets you will acquire in your lifetime. Hey there, I'm Don Coleman, the land professional at Four Corner
8: Properties in Gluckstadt. Making sure that right property fits your wants and needs is my
15: job. As
8: a proven leader in the land business at Four Corner Properties, I can help you do just that. Give me a call at 662-571-1386 or at the office 601-952-2828. Land for you is what I do.
13: This is the opening agri-market report. The opening of the New York Cotton Exchange, the cotton was down three thirty-five to ninety-three thirty-nine. March cotton was down three sixteen to ninety thirty-five. The open of the Chicago Board Trade November soybeans were down fifty nine and a quarter to fourteen oh nine and a quarter per bushel. January soybeans were down fifty eight cents to fourteen seventeen per bushel. December corn was down fifteen and three quarters to six oh four and a quarter per bushel. March corn was down fifteen and a half to six ten and three quarters per bushel. At the Mercantile, October live cattle was up seventeen to one forty two forty. December live cattle was up thirty two to one forty eight forty seven. September feed up 145 to 183 even. October feeders up 137 to 185.10. And if they open the Dow Jones down 77 points, 32,767. I'm Dixon Williams. This is Super Talk, Mississippi Agri-News Network. Welcome to day four of digging safety class.
7: It says here we're talking post holes.
4: Yes, before you dig one, call 811.
7: For a post hole... See this picture? Your hair's standing on end, Bob. Cool, dude.
4: Not so cool. I hit an electrical line.
7: And
5: I thought you were trying to be hip. Hello, Sam here from Mississippi 811.
8: Calling 811 two working days before digging is the law, and it's always the right thing to do.
5: To try to get a date. My boss says, No, dice, son, you gotta work late. Sometimes I wonder what I'm gonna do, cause there ain't no cure for the summertime blues.
1: Welcome back to Midday <laughs> Super Talk, Mississippi, a little Alan Jackson. If you want Ben from Madison reminds, pretty sure the New York Supreme Court struck down that law allowing non-citizens to vote. I I think that is true, uh, Ben. It wasn't too long ago, like last month, maybe it was June. I don't think it's over, honestly. So it would only allow non-citizens to vote only in municipal elections. They couldn't vote in state, couldn't vote in federal. Uh, And it is estimated there are 800,000 that would be allowed to vote, illegals that reside in the city of New York that could vote in their municipal elections. And and what the Supreme Court said, the New York Supreme Court, was that the Constitution, it, it's, it was kind of weird, the ruling basically said the Constitution does not allow non-citizens to vote, and uh, the folks on the other side argued differently that uh it doesn't really specify that. So I'm not sure why that's even a an argument. Seems kind of weird to me. The measure was of course passed by the city council. That was last year. I remember us talking about that, I think late last year. But we'll see where that goes. It's it's not beyond the idea, is it? It's not, not beyond the possibility that the state of New York that their assembly and governor would amend, I don't know what the the process is to amend their constitution. I can see them doing it, pushing forward an amendment to their state constitution that would, in fact, permit illegals to vote, at least in municipal elections. I can see them doing that. So I don't think this is over, and it is something we certainly should all be uh, concerned about. The first thing I would do is go to the hospital and have my heart checked, says Sam in Mount Hermon, Louisiana. Assume you mean... Well, that's won- after
3: Sam asked, uh, good morning, Gerard, how would you feel oh. and do if you won the Mega Millions, the Powerball, oh. and the Lotto all at the same time?
1: Gotcha. Yeah, I'm not sure what I would think about that, uh, but I, I hear you. Get your heart checked. <laughs> you might... Uh, Experience uh, some angina, huh? You would think it's crazy. Of course, you know members of the board, nor anyone in their household that is part of their immediate family, are not permitted to play the games. They don't live in our household; they can't. But uh, and that is that also applies to uh, employees, the Mississippi Lottery Corporation, and vendors and retailers where they have a. Majority interest in the entity that has a business relationship, either as a retailer or a vendor to the MLC. That's in the law, by the way. If I won that much money, I'm
3: immediately hiring my two brothers to handle it because I just so happen to have a younger brother who's a lawyer. Yeah. And my older brother graduated from college with a degree in banking and finance. Okay. So I'm just going to
9: hand it off to them Well, and that, let
1: them handle it. Be wise. I mean, you're trying to manage that kind of money on your own was. Would be insane, honestly. Although speaking of my older brother, it's his birthday today. Happy birthday, bro. Happy girl. birthday! Very cool. So back to your recommendation on replacing code sections. Code section blah blah blah. Yeah, uh, William on the ceasefire text line, as you were illustrating what that would sound like, says all I all I heard was Charlie Brown's teacher. Wah, 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 wah. <laughs> that was so good, wasn't it? <laughs> Oh, God. It's a perfect
3: representation of what it feels like to zone out in
1: class. <laughs> it's true.
3: And uh, it doesn't even have to be intentional. It could just be you looked out the window and saw something interesting happen. You were paying total attention the entire time, but you just got distracted. <laughs> but immediately it goes from, and now the the diameter of the circle is to what wah, 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 wah. wah, 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 right. wah. What's that squirrel doing? <laughs>
1: Lisa and Claire wanted to know where the state Match 5 ticket was purchased. I don't know exactly. Good question, Lisa. I'm not sure uh, whatsoever. Somebody out there listening from the lottery may let us know, but the the numbers were drawn this past Saturday in the Match 5, which were 6, 8, 11, 14, and 17. So... Thursday it was 14 15 23 25 26 by the way if you're interested in tracking this I found that the best app to do so is uh, called lotto it's just that's that is uh, what it is named how it is labeled and you can tell it your location and when you do so you get not only information about the coming and the in the most recent jackpot for mega millions of Powerball you also get that for the cash the Match 5, the Cash 4 Midday, Cash 3 Midday, Cash 3 Evening. So all the drawdown games for your state plus the multi-state games are included in the information provided. It's really pretty cool out. Lotto. Very useful. It's time for a break right here. Sandy Middleton, Executive Director of the Center for Violence Prevention, uh, coming on next. Also is going to be joined by Chief Dean Scott from the Pearl Police Department. We'll be right back.
0: You're listening to WFMN, Flora Jackson.
1: Super Talk Mississippi.
0: Powered by your tree professionals at Baroni's Tree Pros. Online at Barone'sTreePros.com.
2: Fox News. And I'm Chris Foster. At least two people are dead in California's largest wildfire of the year so far. They were found in a burned out vehicle in the driveway of a home the Schwander's home burned down.
11: The fire department came and told me to just leave now.
2: That fire burning out of control broke out near the Oregon border just Friday, growing fast over the weekend, and there's lightning in the forecast today. Grain exports from Ukraine have resumed, the first since the start of the Russian invasion in February.
7: The U.N. says it's carrying over 26,000 tons of corn, under the deal, Russia will allow multiple grain shipments to leave ports along the Black Sea. Ukraine's infrastructure ministry said 16 more ships, all blockaded since the beginning of Russia's war, are waiting their turn to leave the country.
2: That's Fox's C.J. Papa. The corn on that cargo ship that left today is being sent to Lebanon after being checked in Turkey. His doctor says President Biden is still testing positive for COVID-19 today, but still feeling well and working in isolation. America's listening to Fox News.
14: I'm Kelly Bennett, and you're listening to Super Talk Mississippi News. There have been concerns about possible brownouts and stress to the electric grid from energy experts across the country. Texas, the ERCOT area,
15: has set, I believe, 11 records on energy consumption in the last two weeks. TVA has set a record. The Southwest Power Pool has set records. Um, we're seeing that all around and going to see that in, in other parts of the U.S., but Mississippi's Central Public
14: Service Commissioner Brent Bailey explained that Mississippi is in a unique situation.
15: We are typically producing more power than we're consuming, so we're actually contributing to the regional resiliency okay. um, you know, here in the southeast. Our state
14: generates about 80% of its power through natural gas, and customers are already seeing increases on their utility bills. For all things Mississippi, visit supertalk.fm.
6: Staying connected is important in today's world. Whether it's hearing the news of a new baby in the family or calling work to let your boss know you're running late, phone service keeps you connected with your world. At AT AT&T, we know that some Americans face life every day without the comfort and security of having phone service. In certain areas, you may be able to reduce your phone bill with a lifeline discount if you are in a qualifying low-income household. Additional discounts of up to $25 may be available to those living on federally recognized tribal lands where AT&T offers Lifeline. To find out more about Lifeline and other AT&T products and services, call us at 800-288-2020 or go to att.com slash Lifeline if you have access to the Internet.
0: Lifeline is a government benefit program and willfully making false statements to obtain this benefit is punishable by fine or imprisonment and could result in termination of Lifeline service. Lifeline enrollment requires certain eligibility documentation and is non-transferable. Limited to one discount per household. AT&T services, including Lifeline, are not available in all areas. Other restrictions apply.
14: China is threatening military action. If House Speaker Nancy Pelosi visits Taiwan as part of her Asia tour, the stop would be the first for a U.S. House Speaker in 25 years. Taiwan makes
0: something uh, like 61%, I think, of the uh, uh, computer chips that uh, pretty much everything relies on now. And they have about two-thirds of the market share.
14: Glenn Antizzo is the associate professor of political science at Mississippi College. That's been one of the things that taiwan
0: has relied on for its defense um not just so that it can have the, the some of the best weapons taiwan's got weapons that are about the, at the level of israel's weapons in terms of uh, their ability to defend the country
14: china needs those chips through their own industry so anything that would potentially destroy those facilities would have an effect on china i'm kelly bennett
7: From the ground up, from the grassroots. That's how we began in 1922, and that's how we do things today
1: We are back in the Element Wealth Studios. Thank you for joining us, kicking off a brand new week, a brand new month. And joining us now in the studios is Sandy Middleton, the Executive Director of the Center for Violence Prevention. And Sandy is accompanied by Chief Dean Scott, Chief of the Pearl Police Department. Sandy, Chief, good to have you guys in the studio. Thanks. Um, It's it's been a while, Chief, since you and Mm -hmm. I uh, spoke uh and we we're here to talk about human trafficking in uh, Mississippi. Let's see Saturday was a, a day which marked, The World Day Against Human Trafficking, is that how it's styled?
10: Right, right, the World Day Against Human Trafficking. And I thought it would be cool, you know, Dean and I started working human trafficking cases back in 2015, we decided. 14. 14 or 15 when he was at Heinz SO. So, you know, we thought it'd be interesting to kind of talk about how it's changed since that time.
1: You know, any time we've uh, discussed that on the program with you guys, with the Attorney General, of course, who's heavily involved in this yes. issue, law enforcement, it's it's always comes at a bit of a shock to the citizens of Mississippi that this is occurring in the state of Mississippi. I think normally they they think about this issue being something that uh, is occurring in, in other states, but not right here under our nose in Mississippi. But uh, I got to tell you, Chief, you really opened my eyes. Uh, I had the pleasure of watching you speak to the, I believe, the Rankin County Republican Women. Had you come yes, in sir. Yes, sir. a while back, and you shared some uh, some actual accounts of hmm. human trafficking that uh, occurring in your area. Yes, sir. And that uh, honestly was an eye opener, to say the least. How are we doing, Sandy? How are we doing? Are we getting better? It. Um, addressing this issue and stopping it, or is it still as rampant as ever?
10: Well, it's rampant as ever. If, and, you know, of course we can get into the whole thing about the border, which we're already seeing the, the effects of those people coming in and how unprepared we are to deal with that. That's a whole other thing that, that we can talk about. But I did bring some stats because everybody wants to hear the stats. So, um, like I said, Dean and I started this back in 2014 and then we opened the tower, which is our, which is the Center for Violence Prevention's human trafficking program. We opened it in, two, in 2017 uh, so, and here's the stats I have. So, since then, we have assisted 522 suspected victims. More than 260 of these victims received out, outreach support services. 73 were actually housed at the tower. Uh, 61 were assisted in our emergency shelter. Uh, 46 of, uh, 46% of 46 of those were racial and ethnic minorities. And then, since then, let's see... Um, We've had tips on more than 644 children since 2020 uh, that was fielded by each one of our tower team. Um, advocates, are rapid response advocates and also the, hum- the National Human Trafficking Hotline has documented an increase uh, 72 tips came in in 2017 227 came in in 18 uh, 246 in 2019 and there were 710 in 2020 so all the indicators when you're talking about tips to the hotline you're talking about actual cases that our rapid response advocates respond to with law enforcement and, and with cps if, if it's a minor uh, those numbers have gone up dramatically so mm. and i think our legislation helped a lot with that and and it also helped to have speaker gun and and ag fitch it, it, they made this one of their key issues and and both of them have really done so much to move us forward so mm. and dean can talk about the difference in the law enforcement approach but it certainly is a bigger number
1: yeah, so, uh, Chief, again, when you shared some of these actual stories uh, about things where you would just sometimes just randomly come up on situations you and did. you'd realize this is a human trafficking uh, that, that scenario. That goes back
17: to uh, one of the main things they teach in the classes now, uh, with detective classes, and even in the in police academy, they, they do a series of trafficking now. It's actually become a, a recognized crime. And with that, I, I want to note, because I know people – think well you know why did this just happen in 1415 it didn't the spotlight in mississippi we finally got a spotlight put on it yeah this is na- this is a nationwide issue that's been being addressed well in mississippi it just became an issue to address and and having a platform to push it on uh, because now you have so many uh, people that have an interest uh, faith-based groups law enforcement uh, private business you know they want to donate because it takes funds to do all this but as far as the law enforcement aspect we've always seen it and we a lot of times these you know a, a young patrolman wouldn't know what he was looking at and in putting these classes into the curriculum they have an idea of, of what they're looking at and know how to react and know the c- proper questions to ask mm-hmm. uh it's kind of like you know now, you know, years ago, and I know every, you, you know a lot of law enforcement officers, you know, mm-hmm. when you come out of the academy just like myself, you wanted to work in narcotics. That, that was a big thing. Oh, I want to work in dope. I want to work in hmm. narcotics. Everybody I interview young, that's that's what they want to do hmm. because that's what we saw on TV. Yeah. That was the cool guys, Yeah, you know, cool cars and all <laughs> that. Well, now it, the shift has kind of turned. You have guys, this is their interest. Hmm. Can't explain it other than information is available. Classes are available, and it's just it's it's a new way to make a difference. Hmm. Interesting.
1: So when you, when you come across these situations, chief, are are most of those being trafficked the individuals that are um, that are in this situation? Are they from out of state or in state?
17: What we see the most of, honestly, and Sandy can back me up on this, are in state and their own families the ones doing the trafficking. I either. think that's probably what I discussed. It sure was, and that that's just shocked me. But I, that goes back to the need for drugs, right? Like we talked about, yeah. And what you saw, yeah. Uh,
10: and don't forget foster care. Foster you know, care, not can, only a it's family. a great
17: thing, but it can be a nightmare.
10: Yeah, but a lot of we we see a lot of. What do, you, what do you mean by that? What <clears throat> we well, uh, foster care? Well, people who are kids who are placed in foster homes. Yeah. Who you know, they, Dean and I worked a case where there was a, a, a foster mom, and there were multiple teenagers placed in her house, and she was trafficking every one of them. On Craigslist. So that was a long time ago, but
17: several years ago, and I think again that that program because of that particular instance, and probably nationwide, that whole system, the investigating of a proposed foster parent has really gone in depth now where it's not just a friend of a friend of a friend. Yeah, I
1: mean, the Department of Human Services, right, is responsible for placing foster right. children. CPS. And, mm. Right, okay, Child Protective mm. Services. And I would yeah. say their, their there's efforts a vetting are that,
17: much greater.
1: Yeah, because uh, it's, it's been a while, but uh, my wife and I actually served as foster parents for, for two you. foster children. Yeah, I commend you. One was in the uh, eighth grade and mm. one was in the tenth. So they were teenage boys, uh, who had suddenly lost their mother and and had no other family and and went to school where my natural kids went to school and, and anyhow so. But I recall that was a fairly rigorous training program right. we had to go through and there were lots of lots of checking and background checking and vetting and come to your house. And, I mean, it was – and and made, a I want to say, a monthly visit, the social worker yeah. did, to the house.
10: Yeah, and I think, you know, what we got to realize is the kind of people who are traffickers. Yeah. I mean, they can be very manipulative. They can be people that we don't expect them to be. I mean, you know, we all have this image of what a pimp looks like what a trafficker looks like. And and it's just like, you know, we talk about the majority of sexual abuse cases with kids happen from people they know. And so, you know, it's really hard to identify these people, and especially like Dean was talking about, before we really knew a lot of the right questions to ask. I mean, we were too quick to say, well, there's mental health issues there, when what there really was was trauma. And they didn't need a pill or a diagnosis. They needed some appropriate intervention for trauma
1: yeah and, and that's what i've i've heard as well i want to say it was the attorney general when when she's been on the program talking about it uh, discussed that uh that the children that are being trafficked often don't even know there is life outside of that, that there's right. a, a different way of life. They just, because they, they've they been in it. grew up in it. Right, grew up in it, and no they think this is where, how everybody is.
10: That's right. And so they don't really, and we see that with, with adult victims as well. They see it as a choice, and so that's part of what makes it so difficult mm. to get them out of the life, is by the time they're adults, they've been involved in it since they were children, and so it's hard to convince them that that's not normal life. Right.
1: You. We got a break right here. You guys are going to hang around with us, aren't you? Sure. Yeah. We got Sandy uh, Middleton and and uh and the chief of Pearl Police Department is uh are in the Element Well Studios. We're going to take a break right here and come right back. Stay with us. I've
9: been for real with the trouble man.
4: the SeabrookPaint.com Weather Center. I'm Bob Sullender For all your paint and coating needs, go to SeabrookPaint.com. Today, a 30% chance of rain, mostly sunny, high near 94. Tonight, partly cloudy, low around 74. Your Tuesday, sunny skies, high near 95. And a look to Wednesday, sunny conditions, high near 94. This weather forecast has been brought to you by our friends at RJ's Outboard Sales and Service at 1208 Old Fannin Road. RJ's Outboard Sales and Service, your Yamaha Outboard dealer in Brandon.
6: Frisco Deli, serving giant sandwiches, award-winning rib plates, and original recipe catfish with a family-friendly atmosphere. Open 1030 a.m. to 8 p.m. Monday through Friday. Frisco Deli, we have something for everyone. Located just off Pearson Road on Phillips Lane in Pearl. Come see us.
5: Hello, I'm Gary Jolly from the tractor store in Richland. Now's the best time of the year to say more with Mahindra. And it all starts with zero. Pay zero down and 0% interest up to 60 months. That's more for less on many of Mahindra's best Models With tractors that deliver more lift, capacity, fuel efficiency, and built-in weight. So get zero down, zero percent interest for up to 60 months on Mahindra. The world's number one selling tractor, Mahindra, available at the tractor store in Richland. I'm Rex Baker with Gateway Rescue Mission.
7: Every day, I see people in crisis. On the surface, they need a good meal. Deep inside, they need hope. On my best day ever, I can't save anybody. But we each can be a tool God uses to change a life. I want to challenge you. Allow God to use you to help someone else today. Check us out at gatewaymission.org, helping people right here in Jackson, Mississippi.
9: This hour of Middays with Gerard Gibbert is sponsored by Innovative Health Clinic in Ridgeland. For personalized in-office treatment for urinary incontinence, erectile dysfunction, and neuropathy,
4: 601-345-8090, that's 601-345-8090, or online at com. that's com.
7: Richard Cross. Be sure to catch Sports Talk Mississippi, your new home for the best sports coverage right here in the Magnolia State. Every day from 3 until 6, right here on Super Talk Jackson 97.3. Middays with Gerard Gibbert. Let's
0: do this. Right. On Super Talk Mississippi. Let's <laughs> do
1: Back with you in the Element Well Studios, Super Talk, Mississippi. We've got Sandy Middleton, the executive director of the Center for Violence Protection, and Chief uh, Dean Scott from the Pearl Police Department talking about human trafficking. So, Sandy, give us a a little uh, overview of exactly what the Center for Violence Prevention does. How do you guys get involved in this human trafficking scourge?
10: Okay. Well, we have two parts uh, to deal with human trafficking. One is our rapid response, which I talked a little bit about before, where we have um, advocates who are spread all around the state who are certified actually by the attorney general's office out of one of the pieces of legislation that we pass that set all that up. But um, they go with law enforcement when a minor is recovered or when an adult is recovered. And we immediately are on the same. To help meet the needs of that victim, to help find a placement for them, uh, and, and of course the challenge for us right now is in, is in Mississippi. There's no place for our kids, and so you know we're sending kids out of state. We're you know we're trying to piecemeal some sort of program to you know for them. Um, thankfully, our coalition is working to get a, a home open for girls, and and we're leaning forward for that to happen because I think we can fill it up in in about three months the way yeah. things are going. But so that's one side of our program and the other is actually the tower which is our specialized long-term program for adult victims of trafficking where they can come and take their time to heal we have all sorts of trauma therapy all sorts of evidence-based tools that we use to to help them recover and they can stay as long as two years sometimes they bring their dog with them um you know sometimes they have a pet and and Mm -hmm. many times they come with a real complicated case they may have uh, legal charges they may have uh, a child that they've lost custody of Uh, most of them have burned bridges with family or either didn't have family to start with and so they just come with this whole ball of issues that um, our team just comes around them we've got 40 employees and and we do just a little bit of everything and so we help them with all of that and and just give them the time to recover so um it's it's been hugely successful so on one side of the coin we talk about, you know, the big problem that we have and the increase and all of that. But then on the other side, it's a blessing to know, and we thank the Lord for, you know, the ability to have this program, and we we see people's lives changed every day.
1: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Chief, is there a sort of a standard, typical profile that you see with respect
17: to someone that's being trafficked? it ages from from like we talked about from family members trafficking and and i hate to be blunt but you know a three-year-old child to service a drug addiction uh, and they leave their children with these drug dealers and they leave them they submit them to any type of evil that you can possibly imagine um just like we talked about earlier i think we talked about it off air cps uh They do the vetting system it's a very thorough vetting system and and we're not here to beat up on anybody at all because we as law enforcement we get lied to every day and these people are con artists that's what they do and it's all about money Mm. so they evil gets by everybody and that's just what it is of evil has many faces and is there one stereotypical child no or one adult, because we have seen, and, and I know Sandy's will back me up on this. There are as many as many child male victims as there are female. Yes. Yeah, and I think we talked about yeah, that. Yeah, sure did. And so something else that
1: that I recall you discussing as well, uh, Chief, was that sometimes these minors will just be dumped off for the weekend at a hotel.
17: Well, that's they it. They're, they're surrendered. If if what we see with family. Like we talked about what we see the most of here is a family member that has a drug addiction that is a parent and they will leave their child at the mercy of these drug dealers to fulfill their habit what the agreement is i'll leave them overnight leave them for the weekend to and what you get into then is they're leaving them for sexual purposes Mm -hmm. you know not play video games and during that they will be subject to the most evil you can imagine and i I can't as a parent of a special needs child i I don't see how anybody could do that but that just shows you how strong a drug addiction is Mm -hmm. and it, it is it's heartbreaking for for the other family members and what people don't realize it gets forgotten law enforcement's or people too, sure. And then when when they go in and they see these cases, it affects them, especially if they have kids. Uh, and I won't call any names, but it, it affects them to the point when they're trying to speak publicly, they freeze up because they start remembering. And the one thing that that I have found that investigators, try, including myself, we try to forget.
10: It's trauma.
17: And I myself have stepped in for one and told him I've got this, just so he could compose himself.
10: This trauma is truly tough on our law enforcement partners. It's yeah. truly difficult and especially when, you know, we're talking about here in Mississippi where we don't have that place like the tower for our children and they have to sit back and watch them go to juvenile detention when, you know, they're just a victim. So it, it's, it's really tough and, and nobody's leaning forward anymore for these new places than, than law enforcement because yeah. they, they see what happens in the moment and in the emergent response and it gets really hopeless for them sometime, and that, that's why they love having us around is because we're like, hey,
17: because it doesn't happen between eight and five. Yeah, we'll sure. take you know, care of that.
10: I mean, we'll show up at two o'clock in the morning and, and that, we'll help.
17: And to add to that, that's why when I've taught a lot of these guys or, or helped them get into it, you know, I, you know, in all honesty, it's got about you've got about a five year shelf life because that's all you mentally can take.
1: I'm sure. Are, are we making any sort of treatment? Uh, targeted treatment, specific treatment available to law enforcement that are
17: encountering <laughs> this situation. Not really, but like my agency, uh, with anything you know, we offer uh, assistance, uh, counseling. For, to speak, anytime an officer goes through a traumatic event that is reported, or, or we actually see, we make sure they get the chance to go. Now, sometimes we order them to go. Yeah. But a lot of the guys that I've watched do this, I, I have recommended they have. Some help, some, you know, just like any other walk of life, you know, a banker or anything, you know, you have alcohol problems in law enforcement, um, a lot of injuries involved, So, that, and I think it's nationwide. You have uh, prescription addiction yeah. uh, with but injuries
10: but cops, cops are different than, they are. than I they mean, are. cops are warriors and so I think but they're people
17: too and that's right. what that's what they, people have to remember sure
10: but but you know it's it's harder to to treat air quotes to show that
17: weak face a, a warrior sure. because sure. it's
10: you know they don't they and, don't like to show that side, and yeah. so it, it's really hard on them. And
17: they have a
1: concern that it would be perceived as weakness on Correct. their part, which Correct. is absolutely not. They're Humans, as you said, as the chief said. Right. So, so a question for you, Sandy: Is there? I know we had a a, a pretty big law that uh, the Speaker of the House, Philip Gunn, championed uh, not so long back, two, three years ago, four right. years well, ago. Right.
10: Well, we so. had two. We had House Bill five seventy one and House Bill fifteen fifty nine. Both of those have been landmark pieces of legislation that really put us on the radar of the whole country, especially yeah. the, the last one. And, and actually that bill set up this rapid response that we're talking about. It mandated it, put it in law that these things had to happen when a minor victim was recovered. Yeah. And it also set up, and Dean referenced this, but um, it set up the, the Mississippi... Human Trafficking Operational Task Force Board that's responsible for going throughout the state and in our academies and training investigators to be certified law enforcement investigators. And right now we've got well over 250 across the state that have been certified in that process. So we're really, you know, that's really also making a difference as far as the people on the ground who are seasoned investigators who are given the tools to really start to identify these cases. Right. So it was great legislation. It's really making a difference, and, and we just are thankful that we got that support from the legislature.
1: Do you feel we need more legislatively? Is there something else you'd like to see happen or amendments to this? How about something at the federal level?
10: Well, you know, we're constantly tweaking different things that, you know, you have law and then you have case law. Sure. And and one of the things that we like to do is work with shared heart, Ho- excuse me, shared hope, who is our national provider well, actually international provider. They give us a lot of assistance when it comes to policy recommendations. I mean, they're tracking all everything that's happening across the country and so yeah. they they help us make some decisions about recommended policy. So we do that, we kind of have a Check in with them every year, and actually the speaker's looking at that right now, so we'll see.
1: Unbelievable. Well, thanks to both of you to come, for coming in the studio today and discussing this very important subject with us. And,
10: Thank you for having us. Uh,
1: keep, keep fighting it. We appreciate your efforts, and we're going to keep praying about it. It's it's heartbreaking, honestly. When, when Chief, when you shared those stories, it, it bothered me for a while, i got to tell you.
17: And well, uh, and that's the, you know, just the storage body. Think about it if you walked in and actually saw it.
1: I can't comprehend it. Thank you, guys. Prayers Appreciate are needed, it. for sure. Absolutely. We'll take a break uh, in the Element Well Studios on middays. We're coming right back.
0: Ben Nelson Golf & Outdoor is now offering easy-go units with maintenance-free elite lithium batteries and an unprecedented eight-year warranty with unbeatable energy efficiency. Only at Ben Nelson Golf & Outdoor. Exit 114 in Step or online at binnelson.com.
12: Southern Ag Credit has been financing life outside the city limits for over a century. Whether it's helping families own land they can grow with or farmers manage the land they grow on, We specialize in financing life outdoors. Let us finance your rural dream. Southern Ag Credit is the presenting sponsor of the Mississippi Ag and Outdoor Expo, August 5th through the 7th at the Mississippi Trademark.
11: Guys, have Viagra and Cialis let you down? It can get you to the point where you think your best days are behind you.
16: we Tune in this Saturday morning from 8 till 10 for Weekend Gardening, where Garden Mama Nellie Neal will tackle all your gardening questions. Weekend Gardening,
15: brought to you in part by The Tractor Store, your local Mahindra dealer, The Tractor Store, Highway 49 South in Richland. This is Brent Calloway. Since 1954, Calloway's has been family-owned and operated. Located in Glutstadt, south of Germantown High, Calloway's has a large selection of all your favorite trees and shrubs, all on sale now. Calloway's has large rolls of pine straw, and we're offering quantity, Pricing. Callaway's outdoor patio furniture is in stock and ready for delivery. All 25 to 50% off and for a limited time free delivery in the metro area. Our farmers market is full of fresh fruits, vegetables, local honey, jellies, jams, and the best tomatoes in town. Callaway's has farm fresh produce seven days a week. Did you know Callaway's has beautiful decorative accessories and gift items for your indoor and outdoor living spaces? Callaway's has bulk soils for pickup and local delivery. Callaway's landscape Designers, Clinton Streeter and Corey Castle can design and install your landscape. Calloways Gludstad on Calhoun Station Parkway, south of Germantown. High. Calloways is
6: everything for home and
14: garden. That's what Calloways is. I'm Kelly Bennett, and you're listening to Super Talk Mississippi News. There have been concerns about possible brownouts and stress to the electric grid from energy experts across the country. Texas, the ERCOT
15: area, has set, I believe, 11 records on energy consumption in the last two weeks. TVA has set a record. The Southwest Power Pool has set records. Um, we're seeing that all around and going to see that in, in other parts of the U.S. But Mississippi's Central
14: Public Service Commissioner Brent Bailey explained that Mississippi is in a unique
15: situation. We are typically producing more power than we're consuming, so we're actually contributing to the regional resiliency. Okay. You know, here in the southeast, our
14: state generates about 80 percent of its power through natural gas, and customers are already seeing increases on their utility bills. For all things Mississippi, visit supertalk.fm.
12: To tell
14: me All you want to do use me uh,
1: We are back in the Element Well studios. We thank you for joining us. And we appreciate Sandy Middleton, Executive Director of the Center for Violence Prevention, and Chief Dean Scott of the Pearl Police Department for joining us and talking about human trafficking. I, I just, I come away shaking my head every time we have that discussion. It, uh, it's, it's happening. It's happening 24 hours a day. It's happening in our state. And perhaps the most shocking aspect of uh, the, the, that entire world, that entire issue is when the chief shared, when I learned, uh, I guess it's a couple of years ago, when he said, yes, it's mostly family members, trafficking family members. I just couldn't believe it. I, and I, I don't think that I'm different from most people who don't see it. You think about really bad folks that are going out and somehow kidnapping, maybe? Um, or, or somehow they end up with... Um, these, these individuals are typically minors, and they sell them. It's what they're doing for money. And you, you think about it, you don't think about that being a member of their own family doing that. That just blew me away, honestly. All due to drug habit. So it's a hard pill to swallow, but I, I'm glad we have very, uh, very strong laws in the state of Mississippi against human trafficking. I'm glad we have dedicated law enforcement, an attorney general's office, and of course the Center for Violence Prevention, which uh, does a really good job in in working to recover those who are being trafficked and then counseling them, treating them after uh, they do recover. So just a big old problem's got to be resolved, and I I hope that we see it uh, start to decline uh, on the on the downturn so far that hasn't been the case um i think that's just because there's just so much of it i think it's just overwhelming the system honestly you, you kind of wonder where would it be without our laws without law enforcement without the center for violence prevention and other organizations involved in fighting the scourge really so on to the economy um wanted to talk about Joe Manchin. You know, I told you the guy could not be trusted. You just knew it, right? That this guy could not be trusted. So, Rhino, hopefully, hopefully you have a, a, a link to a YouTube video I sent you. Uh, the subject there, Democrats' Biden Inflation Act would Lower Economic Growth. Yeah. Uh, real short. Listen to what how Joe Manchin spins this deal.
15: Well, here's the tax foundation. Uh, They say the proposed 15% minimum tax on corporate book income is the most economically damaging provision in the bill, reducing GDP by 0.1%, costing about 27,000 jobs. Here's Americans for tax reform on the energy portion. The legislation would impose a regressive tax on oil and gas development based upon emission levels of methane during production, leading to higher energy bills for consumers and higher costs of everyday products. Are they wrong?
1: We've worked with all those industries all the way through this piece of legislation on my side. All of my staff did. And when they're talking about the things they're talking about, that's not true at all. When they're talking about the things they're talking about, who wrote that speech? Kamala Harris? So he's spinning the heck out of this deal. Oh, no, we're not raising taxes. We're closing loopholes. That's the way he's describing it now. So the 15% alternative minimum tax to be levied on corporations, as is specified in this legislation, the Inflation Reduction Act, well, that's just closing loopholes. What the heck does that mean? That's a loophole? Immediate expensing is a loophole? That's something that historically has been supported by both Republicans and Democrats. It's just pulling forward an expense. Really all it is, business investment. Oh yeah. It's just we're closing a we're closing a loophole. This bill is it's activism, is what it is. It's nothing more than activism. It's got climate change crap in it, the fifteen percent alternative minimum tax, the EV tax credits, excise taxes on fuel. The carried interest taxed as ordinary income, do they not realize 70% of taxes are borne by employees and consumers, corporate taxes?
3: Well, that takes you back to one of Biden's promises on the campaign trail. He wasn't going to raise taxes on anybody, Yeah, making less than $400,000 a year, except when you look at all the data from this bill...
1: If you make over $30,000 a year, your taxes are going up. The Joint Committee on Taxation issued a very comprehensive analysis that says exactly that. It's going to hit everybody. It's is it not so, also just ludicrous to spend the kind of money that's contemplated in this bill and say it's oh no, this is going to cut inflation? No. No, and the Penn Wharton model comes out and says, "No, nah, not really." Like in 10 years, like .25% or something insane like that. But for the first two years, you're likely to see an increase of inflation. Hell, even Bill Clinton said, we may have some sound there, what he said about raising taxes during an inflationary period.
12: Mr.
5: President, what do you think about a recession?
9: Well, a recession is two quarters in a row of negative growth. I don't think we're going to have that, but we couldn't keep up 5% growth a year,
1: you know, forever. So most of the, I think 49 of the 50 blue chip, uh, forecasters
12: think that growth would be 2.5% or better next year. we keep on a it low
9: but, uh, but I think there'll be things to be managed. He'll have economic challenges and, uh, you ought to give him a chance to meet them and not try to figure it all out in advance.
1: So he's talking about this this argument over the, the definition of inf- of a recession. But uh, he, he also, as did Barack Obama, anybody with half of a brain economically knows you don't raise taxes. So when Manchin, by the way, was asked a question, you may have seen it, when he was asked a question about, you know, a lot of economists believe that when you raise taxes here and you increase spending – that you're not really taming inflation and that the same thing was said when they passed the American Rescue Plan oh no that's not going to increase inflation 1.9 trillion dollars passed in March of uh, 2021 no that's not going to increase inflation well now what do we have rampant inflation highest in 40 years so the senator was asked Well, you said that last time about the American Rescue Plan, which you supported. Now you've got another bill that's got gigantic tax and spend provisions in it. How are you going to uh, prevent that from exacerbating inflation? Oh, well, we've checked it. This is different. My staff and I, we've checked it (laughs) like he's some economic (laughs) expert. We've checked it. What do you mean you've checked it? The way you did the uh, American Rescue Plan, you've checked that, too. You told us. Why should we believe you now? I told you this guy. I told you not to trust this guy. I'm ranting on him today. I'm so mad about this alternative minimum tax in particular That provision. This is taxing investment. You're going to see a reduction of capital investment. Also, this also means that for tax purposes, where you can write off losses against profit in future and prior years with the alternative minimum tax, too bad you can't do that. So, those losses you incurred, which happens a lot in startup businesses. Amazon is an example, which for, what, 10 or 12 years, lost a bunch of money. Now they're applying that to profits, which reduces their tax bill. You can do that for tax purposes. Under this bill, that goes away. Guess what that means? Less appetite for risk, higher cost of capital, less investment, fewer jobs, less productivity, less increase of real wages. You're essentially blunting productivity boosting technology enhancing job creating business investments and this guy says oh this is different who the heck believes that it just blew me away oh this is different (laughs) unbelievable the
3: people that believe that are the same people that believed every single word comedian john stewart was spouting over the weekend even though he was 100 percent wrong too what was he doing Oh, he was hacked off that the Republicans blocked the PACT Act because it had been Oh yeah, he was wrong about that. full of that. pork.
1: Yeah. Talking about for uh veterans uh benefits. Yeah. He was wrong about that. Cruz was right. He was wrong. He didn't check it out. I appreciate him uh Stewart for being an advocate for veterans. I'm all with him on that. But he's wrong about this. I agree. They don't care. Just Throw it in there, it's just money. That's the way they look at it. That's why we're thirty trillion in debt. Time for a break here on uh, middays. We got another segment and then Super Top Mississippi Outdoors with Ricky Matthews. Stay with us. When the winner loses all.
2: This is a midday agri report. Ukrainian export ships are
13: preparing to move into the Black Sea, but skepticism continues for some, especially after Russia fired missiles following a UN brokered deal allowing the grain shipments. At least one major insurance company has agreed to cover ships moving grain out of three Ukrainian ports. The update is various news sources today report the first ship carrying Ukrainian grain has set off from the port of Odessa. The Sierra Leone flag cargo ship. Resort left Odessa for Lebanon, according to Turkey's defense minister. A statement from the United Nations said that Brisoni was carrying over 26,000 metric tons of corn. According to multiple news reports, Zelensky, the president of Ukraine, towed the Turan Morsk port in Odessa, the largest port for grain capacity, where at least some ships have been sitting loaded with grain since the war began in late February. I'm Dixon Williams. This is Super Talk, Mississippi, Agri News Network.
16: I think the teacher's asleep. Looks like he's
10: dreaming. Man,
13: I can't wait to hang up my team mascot.
10: I
11: think he's having a nightmare.
16: No, this is just part of his lesson plan. He's trying to show us that calling Mississippi
7: 811 before you dig is so easy, you can do it with your eyes
2: closed. Call 811 two days before you dig, and let's have zero damages, zero injuries.
8: Hello, I'm Colonel Randy Gann, Director of the Mississippi Highway Patrol. In 2021, MHP investigated 1,480 crashes involving commercial motor vehicles on Mississippi roadways. Many of those crashes could have been. The MHP Motor Carrier Safety Division is partnering with big rig truckers to conduct safety checks across our state through the Troopers and Truckers Safety Initiative. The Department of Public Safety and the Federal Motor Carrier Safety Administration are working together with one common goal, to keep our highways safe for everyone. Thank you and drive.
16: This is Ben Shapiro reminding you to listen to the Ben Shapiro Show weekday nights starting at 9 p.m. here on 97.3 Super Talk Jackson.
0: This Middays with Gerard Gibbert.
16: Keep rolling. Three, two, one.
0: On Super Talk Mississippi.
1: us into the final segment on this Monday on Midday. So one in our audience, Rhino, I can't find it, asked a question uh, Friday, and I promised I'd get to it. Just asked, what exactly is the International Monetary Fund? Um, A big old wasted boondoggle is really what it is. Uh, And it mainly provides policy advice and counsel to countries, especially developing emerging markets and countries um, it also does provide some financial assistance it has some ability to do that as well in the form of loans to those countries i I kind of think it's a bit of a joke and uh, not a big fan of it and they have a they have a credit facility that they will extend to countries that experience some sort of uh, emergency situation, as they would call it, catastrophe. But it's really kind of a joke. It doesn't really affect us a whole lot here in Mississippi, but or in the United States, I should say. Will Pelosi go to Taiwan, or will China cuckwall cuckold? Okay, America. Excuse me. That's Thomas in Greenwood. She says she's going. This morning, she announced it. And honestly, I do not think we should allow communist China to dictate our foreign policy, nor our travels. So I actually support it. I think she ought to go. J.R. in Starkville asks, is the 15% tax the same as they want worldwide on companies part of the sort of globalist agenda? It is, J.R. It is. So they're achieving that goal without signing on to... The global pact, the global agreement, if you will, is 15% minimum tax. And let's see, someone also asked, uh, yeah, Donald in Oxford, did you say alternative minimum tax is back? Didn't Obama get rid of that? Yeah, so it's not, first of all, that was for individuals. This is for corporations. It's not being labeled. It's not being defined as an alternative minimum tax. I am. Because that's what it is. You compute your taxes at corporation, and if the percentage of your financial book-generated income, the percentage of taxes that uh, is computed when you compute your tax liability on your taxable income. So corporations, businesses, maintain essentially two sets of books, one that produces their their, what's called their book, financial statement uh, income, and then their taxable income, because they're reconciling items that allow deductions and credits for tax purposes that are not allowed for financial reporting purposes. So there's a there's a difference. And if the percentage, once you do your taxable income, if the percentage of your taxable income of your financial income is less than then 15%, you're going to pay 15%. Therefore, it is an alternative minimum tax. So for book purposes, for example, if you compute $10,000 of income, but for fa- for tax purposes, you compute zero income, you're going to pay 1500 Even And that means even in carrying over losses incurred in prior years, you're not getting the benefit of that. Joe Manchin says, nope. You got to pay fifteen percent. Sorry, you lost money. Well, they don't give you anything back when you lose money. They don't send you checks from from a corporate perspective. So I'm calling it an alternative minimum tax for corporations. I challenge Joe Manchin to debate me on that. You fool! Oh, well, I'm closing a loophole. Oh, loophole meaning you got to pay taxes when you lose money. That's what he's saying. That's a loophole. Unbelievable! And don't worry, this won't be inflationary, you know, like we told you last year. And we're supposed to believe that garbage? Yeah, I'm mad at the guy. I'm telling you, I, I told you. I know I'm harping on that. I'm not trying to do it. I told you so on you, but it did. I said, don't trust this guy. He will cave before it's all over, because I heard him too many times really condemned the Trump tax plan. He just didn't like it from the get-go. What do you mean you're lowering the corporate tax rates? He didn't like that. He didn't like restructuring the brackets so that higher-income people might not be hit quite as hard, but the way the tax plan was designed, it helped all taxpayers, except the rich people in the deep blue states that have ridiculously high property taxes. Those, yeah, they didn't get a break. Well, you live in the wrong state. Your state's got ridiculous property taxes that they just waste. Taxing investment? Dumb. Well, we are out of time here with Boxcar Willie bumping us out at the top of the hour. We appreciate you joining us. Super Talk Mississippi Outdoors is next with Ricky Matthews. We'll be back tomorrow. We're at East Mississippi Community College tomorrow. Until then, stay safe and God bless.
0: A Super Talk Mississippi media production.